Hey, are you a wild boar? Or maybe you know a wild boar. You know what I'm talking about. Those people who put way too much information into their presentations, or even into their introductions for that matter. Well, we've got a solution on today's show. It's time to sharpen your point. Let's get started. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott, Dan, and Abby are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're going to keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh, yeah. Oh, be quiet. We know that's coming. All right, get started in three, two. Hey, folks, welcome back to another fantastic episode of your favorite podcast, The Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm Scott Chudy, your host, and with us, you love him, he's the legend, Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Dan. I feel like legend is strong, like like Bigfoot kind of legend, like people see me sometimes I at did, a distance. I, like- I did not compare you to a mythological beast. But Bigfoot's pretty cool. Like, if I were Bigfoot, I would be pretty <laughs> proud of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's like, that is legend. That's awesome. Do you remember when Bigfoot fought the Bionic Man, the $6 million man? Were you old enough yes. for that? Yes. Okay. Yes, All right. Wasn't that awesome? That was great. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> By the way, if you have the toy, do you have the toy, the Bigfoot toy? No. They had a doll. Remember the Bigfoot action figures? And they were like 16 inches. I'm going off on a tangent. I don't care. Um, they're worth a lot of money. If you have that, that's great. I don't have it. If you have it, you, you've you got a, a pretty cool collectible. So, How you doing, Dan? You know, I am, uh, obviously, I think I think we know where I'm heading. Uh, fair to Midland? Fair there to Midland. Right, right. I interrupted you. You were going to say something before I asked, how were you doing? I was going to say, just in my neck of the woods where I live, for some reason, there's this thing where people will get like life-size cutouts of Bigfoot and like hide them in the woods and stuff around. So like I'll be driving around and I kind of live in a rural area to begin with. Uh, But when I first got here, there was more once where I slowed down like, wait, what is that? Uh, Oh, it's like some like metal cutout. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That would be great. Hey, folks, um, sad news. Uh, Abby not feeling well this morning, so she's taking a break, which is good. We love Abby. Awesome news is we've got an amazing guest returning, friend of the show, everybody. The performance architect, Lisa Wallace, is with us, everybody. <laughs> Lisa. Whoa, that was some intro. It was, right? Um, We are so excited to have you back. Like, this is a long time coming. Like, I would have had um, you back, like, the very next week. But I love you too much. And that's just too much of Dan (laughs) Coonrad. You know what I'm saying? It's just too much. So that is awesome. We're super happy that you're back. Um, We had a short chat before the show. Things are going well for your business. Things are going great for my business uh, now that I'm out of quarantine in 2020 is well past. Oh, thank, thank God, God. Yeah. 2020 is over. Uh, yeah, just happy to be here. Things are going well. I still continue to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed, but now I can do it both in <laughs> Zoom and live. It's a crazy thing. 
I can I can make people uncomfortable in in all kinds of situations. That. That, but that's uh, a shirt. That needs to be a shirt stat. <laughs> so we're going to be talking all about communication today, folks, and how to get better at it. So let's go ahead without further ado and dive into the topic of the week. Okay, Lisa, we're going to be talking about Sharpen Your Point. And um, fantastic book. I remember reading the first chapter and going, oh my gosh, everybody I know needs to read this book. Um, <laughs> or where did the epiphany come to, to write this amazing book? Well, I, I have to give credit to my co-author, Kathy McAfee, who was a certified facilitator in this program. We were actually, this, this book was born out of a program that I designed and developed that we did for, can I, can I mention names of companies? Of course, absolutely. Cool? Yeah. As long as you're, All right, so yeah, as long as it's not a bad yeah, thing. <laughs> no, no, it's not a bad thing. Uh, we did this for GE. Mm. You might've heard of them. They're, they're a little company. Yeah. And we, we did this program for maybe seven, eight years for some of their high potential folks to get them to, to shut up and bottom line their message. And Kathy McAfee was one of the facilitators that I trained on it. She's a brilliant facilitator and she's also a wonderful author. She, she wrote four books herself and she said, you should really write a book on this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I have no time for that. And she said, no, you should really write a book on this. And I said, I have no time for that. And she said, okay, if I help you write the book and I write half of the book, because I know the content, it's your content, will you write the book with me? And I said, yeah, sure, you're on. She's fabulous. You can't tell who wrote what chapter. She's also a, an English geek. She likes writing. So the, the book was born out of, of the program. Yeah, one of the things that I love is in the first chapter, you talk about the wild boar. Should you talk a little bit about the, the wild boar and where that came from? Because I have a follow-up question to that, but go ahead. Yeah. The wild boar is someone who just starts talking, has absolutely no idea where they're going. And, and wild boars, like the animal, they're, they're smart, they're tenacious, um, but you, you just don't want to be around them. And same thing. When people start talking too much and too often, they're probably really smart. <laughs> they're really tenacious because they just keep on talking, but you would rather have hot sticks poked into your eyes rather than listen to <laughs> another syllable that's coming out of their mouth. Oh, shoot me. You know, I, I think that's a, a, a particular interest of folks in learning and development. I'm super guilty of this, but lots and lots of L&D folks like to um, pontificate. There's my fancy word for the day. <laughs> You know who pontificates the most, though, are our lovely friends, the subject matter experts. Um, and to them, everything's important. So when we get to those slides, welcome to slide 27, where <laughs> I'm going to share another word wall, right? Those slides that are just full of words on something that is really important to me, but may not have any relevance to my audience or, or, or to anybody else in the room. So. And I know I pick on SMEs, and I'm in very, very much an SME myself sometimes. So, but, so Lisa, why do you think that people have this tendency to like just give away every little detail that they can, just kind of flood you with as much detail as they can? Why is that? 
Uh, two reasons. One, they don't know any better and they don't have any strategies. And two, they suffer from what I call just in case syndrome. All right. I'm going to bite. What is the just in case syndrome? Yeah. I, I, yeah. There you go. You, you picked right up on it. I was like, oh, pause. Will he ask me a follow-up question? And he does. Yeah. There you go. Folks, I'm a professional. I, I know. I know. So just just in case, what people do is they say, oh, 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 just in case someone asked me a question about X, Y, and Z, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it into the slide. And just in case they don't know about X, Y, and Z, I'm gonna put it in the slide. And just in case I need to talk about X, Y, and Z, I'm gonna put it in the slide. So what this strategy does is it moves people from just in case to just enough. That's all all you need to do is communicate just enough information to get whoever's listening to you curious about what you're saying because the goal of speaking and communicating is not to prevent interaction or questions. The whole goal is to invite it. So when you do just in case, you're never inviting interaction and that's the biggest mistake that they make. So this strategy forces these, anybody to be really brief, really brilliant and done. That's our mantra. Be brief, be brilliant, be done. The strategy helps you to do that. I love that. I, you know, when I was first starting off as an instructional designer, I suffered from just in cases and, and like being a subject matter expert. And uh, I think, I think I've shared it here before, but I built a, a, a deck on printer setup and laser printers. It was 400 slides. God bless everybody who took it. And I was so proud of myself because I had everything covered. You could literally just pick up the deck and walk away and be like, okay, cool. Here's this user manual to know printers. And I was like, I did it. And it was so awful. <laughs> you know, I was in a meeting the other day, again, with some subject matter experts and they were all like, you know, we've got these presentations we have to give and then we have 30 minutes and they had like, 50 slides and I was like what are you doing like what's really important what do you want to talk about well I want to talk about everything you, you can't so do they have access to your information afterwards can you put it into appendix which is something that I like to do right so like can I like if I've got the just in case stuff like you can go ahead and get that when you want like encourage and encourage our participants to get that later I think that that's great um but really to pare it down and the one thing that I would love to get more of your insights on is this idea of inviting our participants to um, really engage and to learn. Like I think sometimes, at least my experiences, and I'm guilty of this too. Like we get the sage on the stage, a stage syndrome, right? Like I'm so smart, and everybody will look at me. And one of the biggest changes I think that I found in my career was understanding that it wasn't about me ever. It was really about my audience. It totally changes everything. Yeah. Well, and and again, if if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. I, I mean, Mark Twain said that. So that's why the pair strategy and, and what we're talking about in the book is a way to upfront really get narrow and deep about what you're going to be talking about and invite, invite a reaction within the first 60 seconds of opening your mouth. If you can, if you can nail this strategy, then organizing the rest of what you're going to say is super, super, super easy. But uh, that's not what people do because 
most, I don't know about you, if you're listening to someone, there's three questions, only three questions that you're wondering about when someone starts opening their mouth. Why am I here? What do you want me to do? And why should I? And if you can't get that out of your mouth in 60 seconds, oh, you've lost them. So I don't know if that makes sense or not. But. No, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, and let me ask you this. How, what would you say to like new learning and development folks who maybe have a fear of, of leaving out things that they worry are important? Like how do they define what's important in a world where like sometimes it feels like everything's important. We have so much information, information overload. How would you, what would your advice be to somebody who's too afraid to cut things out of a deck or a presentation? Yeah, great question, Dan. Um, again, I'm going to go back to the pair strategy, and I'm wondering if maybe I shouldn't explain what the heck that is, and maybe give you a little, little give you a little demo because I think it's going to answer your question, Dan, Perfect. and and maybe the listeners' questions too. I think that's fantastic. I was going to ask what that strategy was, but go for it, do it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay. Pair strategy, pretty straightforward. Um, pair spells the the strategy. But the first thing you have to do is tell people what the heck you're talking about. And that should not take long at all. Like today, I'm going to be talking about the pair strategy. That's it. It's called your topic. <laughs> Get it out of your mouth. People want to know what the heck you're going to be talking about. And then the pair strategy, the P stands for your position. What do you think, believe, feel about what you're going to be talking about? Sounds like this. I think, I believe, I feel. Duh. I think the pair strategy is the best communication tool on the planet. That's that's my, I'm just demonstrating. I'm going to have you guys throw out topics. I'll demonstrate it in a second. The A is the ask. What do you want your listeners to do? And there are hard asks and soft asks. I say go for the hard ask. A hard ask with a K, hard ask is something like, I, I want you to consider giving me $10 million to implement a new IT system. Uh, I, I'm asking you to find $20,000 to put everyone through pair, pair training, whatever it is, versus I want you to understand. I want you to feel. Those are soft asks. Try and get a hard ask. Go for it. So that's the A in the, in the pair. The R is um the r is the rationale like why should they do what you're asking them to do what's in it for them or what is the consequence of not doing what you're asking that's what i mean by rationale and e just stands for a really really uh short example of why this might be a good idea and then all you do is you introduce three key areas that you're going to be going into more depth about and you check in. So I'm going to say, give me a topic, any topic. I'll demonstrate it for you. Let's something big purchase going right now. Uh, buy a new car. Okay. Hey folks, we got to talk about buying new cars because you know, I, I think it's, it's a jungle out there when it comes to buying new cars. I believe that car dealerships should give people five times what their used cars are actually worth. Because if they do, 
they're going to have more inventory and people are going to have more cars to choose from. I, I know this because our car dealership just down the road put this kind of strategy into place and they doubled their profits this year. So based on that, we're going to talk about where to bring your cars, who is going to be starting this program, and the steps needed to get the communication out to people. What do you think about that? I think it's fantastic. And I would really love to there be able go. to buy a new car. So that's that's a really good <laughs> yeah. topic. Right. So back to your point, Dan, when you say people put in all this information, if you're articulating what your ask is, you only put in information that's going to help you get to the ask. And those are those three key points that immediately uh, narrows the scope of what you're going to be talking about. Just those three things. And then you're going to go into detail about any of those three things. Is this, is this making sense? Yes. Yes. I, you know, I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And like having trained, you know, instructional designers and new instructional designers, one of the things I, I most commonly have to like teach them is exactly what you're talking about. Like, hey, don't go in and answer all their questions before they ask. Go in and get them to ask questions. If they don't ask you any questions, things have gone wrong. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Very wrong. And I'll do, because I'm such a geek, <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do one last example of the pair strategy using the pair strategy. So okay. here we go. Hey folks, today we're talking about the pair strategy. And honestly, it is the best communication strategy that you can have in your hip pocket. I, I want you to just learn how to do this and practice it and make some mistakes. Because if you don't practice and make mistakes, you're never going to learn. I mean, I know this. I've taught thousands of people at GE this strategy. And when they were brave enough to just screw it up, they always got better. So based on that, we're going to talk about the pair strategy. We're going to practice it. And then you're going to get some coaching in the moment. You ready to get started? Ready. Let's there go. Woohoo! There it is. Well, that's really awesome, and I think it's great. I think it really fits well is, um, you know, in a, a very specific way to open your learnings, right? So we talk about the importance of a really good opening. Um, I was taught the VOR strategy. You guys can use the pair strategy. I think it's really awesome and great. Um, but how do we use it in, say, the middle of a discussion or, um, or do you have to use every component in the strategy? Talk about the flexibility around the strategy and how um, instructional designers and trainers should be thinking about, you know, using it when they're uh, communicating with other people. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the guidance is when you're opening up a discussion, most times you want to use every component. When you're in the middle of something, start, start, using common sense. You know, in the middle of a conversation, you're not going to say, so we're talking about the Vikings winning the <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. They already know, duh, you're in the middle of the conversation. But if someone starts talking, you can certainly get your position out there. You can say, yeah, I think we're headed in the wrong direction. And then your ask is really easy. I'm thinking we should get back on point now, because if we don't, we're going to go long and we're not going to, we're not going to get to uh, the, the end of our meeting or the end of our training with anything solid coming out of it. 
You know how this went the last time. So you use pair, but you modified and you weren't going to say, so based on that, we're going to talk about there. No, use it, use it as you need it. I don't know. Did that, did that resonate with you? Did that make sense? No, I think it totally makes sense because it's really easy sometimes for us to like go, okay, here's my here's my acronym and I got to make sure I follow the acronym. And then in the middle of something, I just start really going down the acronym. So I love that reinforcement of, hey, listen, depending upon where you're at, go ahead and still apply these principles based on what you need to get in the moment from your audience. I think that's really, really important. Yep. Otherwise, you're dopey and contrived and nobody wants that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this is like one of those things where I think applies really well, just, you know, in the modern learning and development landscape, everybody talking about micro learning and things like that. And just, uh, you know, I can imagine even using pair to like build a course and just be like, all right, cool. Did I check all these boxes? Did I do this? Great. Here's my micro learning. It's direct. It's to the point, you know, it's 60 seconds. And then, and then some questions and on to the next micro subject, micro topic. That's awesome. And I'm going to just reinforce that if you use the full pair strategy, that is your guide for everything else when it comes to instructional design. Your three topic areas, you know what you're going to be talking about and going into more depth on. You know what your point of view is and you know your ask is really clear. What the heck do you want the learners to learn? There it is. Super easy. I, I think even now, so many instructional designers, like, like I know at least new ones, you start talking about like objectives and like writing objective statements and their eyes kind of like roll over in the back of their head and like whatever, just because they're always done so poorly. But I think like using like pair as a framework, like makes them have purpose and punch. That's like with immediate payoff. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. And you can use a pair strategy for different sections of your instructional design. So each time you open a new topic, you've got a new pair to open it up. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Keeps people really focused and it prevents the, uh, just in case, just in case. In, in the interest of sharpening your point and kind of talking about real life situations. I know that like this never happens. Okay. So, but let's just pretend that you've been given 30 minutes to make a presentation and then you walk into the room or on your conference call. And for one reason or another, now you've got half, you got 15 minutes to make a presentation and you're going to have to adjust. What are some helpful tips that you can give to, again, this never happens, right? But in case never. it did, what are some things that you could, um, we could do to ensure that we follow the pair strategy and deliver a relevant, impactful message in half the time? Yeah, at, at the risk of being a broken record, write down your pair opening, get that crisp and tight first, because the very last step in this is to check in with your audience. So if you're running low on time, you ask them. You say, here are the three areas I'm going to be talking about. We now only have 15 minutes. Where would you like to start? Let them direct it. And then just go to the, the content area, the slides, whatever it might be. Meet them where they're at. So the pair strategy always has you checking in. I, I love this check-in point because I got to tell you, I think 90% of us or the people I would watch would say, I guess I have to talk 
really, really, really fast, right? And make sure I get everything because everything's important. Dan's laughing, but you've seen this. How many times have you seen this, Dan? Oh, I've I've been a trainer. I know exactly like, okay, cool. I have one hour's worth of material to teach in 45 minutes. So everybody needs to hold on really quick because what we're going to do is we're really going to dive into this and we're going to get it all taken care of. So (laughs) pay attention, start taking notes. We've got to get this done. I'm in the weeds. I got to get out of the weeds. Here we go. We're going to talk really, really fast. Can you guys understand me? Good. Great. Because we're going to keep going and they become that micro machines guy. <laughs> God rest his soul. This is fantastic. If it's okay, because I we love you and you're such a great friend of the show. I'm going to ask a humbling question. Um, could you share with us uh, a time when um, maybe we had a communication miss uh, and then how you might apply these strategies or maybe you did apply these strategies um, to get you to a, a better place? No, I did not apply these strategies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, okay, we'll open the kimono. I tanked big time. We all have. I mean, come on. And again, you don't learn if you don't screw things up. So yeah, I guess I'm a good learner because I screw things up all the time. But there was this one time, I work for a very large insurance company whose name shall not be mentioned. and. They were the cheapest organization on the planet. Now, the good news was I was the head of leadership development, training and development, actually. And they said, you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't cost anything. So training was a four-letter word in this organization. Now, turns out they got a new president who actually believed in investing in people. So... The two of us had this great conversation. I talked about a leadership development program that was long overdue. I talked about turnover, what it was costing us in terms of institutional knowledge by not having leaders, not knowing what the heck they're doing. He's on board. He says, great, Lisa, I need you to present to the senior team your strategy, this idea, because it's really good. So the president and I were on the same page. So I go into this and I did just in case. (laughs) So the first thing I said, I didn't even tell them what we're talking about. Well, maybe I did. I don't know. I said something like, so thanks for having me. It's really great. I wanted to talk to you about leadership development because, you know, we haven't done leadership development in a long time. And we should really be doing this year-long leadership development program. And immediately, immediately, the the CFO interrupts me. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How how long did you say this program is going to be? Literally, within 30 seconds of me talking. So already I'm off. I'm like, well, it's going to be a year-long. And the operations person interrupts me then. Right then, and says, Wait a minute. If people don't know what the heck they're doing, why are we going to invest a year of time in them? I think we should just be getting rid of them. And then the head of HR jumps in. No, I mean, it was, it was a free for all. Oh, man. And I I'm look at the president. Story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was, ju- it was a nightmare. And I'm looking at the president at the end. And he's just very slowly shaking his head. Like, you know, when someone's really disappointed in you. Oh. And I don't know what I said for the rest of the half an hour. It was the longest half hour of my life. Um, and yeah, so 
that program didn't get picked up. I missed a huge opportunity to make some pretty big impact in this organization. Not only that, I lost total credibility with the senior team. They're like, who is this? So if I had to do it again, here's how I would have opened it using Pear. Thanks so much for having me. As you know, we're here to talk about leadership development. And quite frankly, I think we suck at it. That's, that's what I would have said. I would have just put it out there. I think we suck at it. And I'm asking you to think about reinvesting and reinvigorating what's going on in our leadership ranks. Because if you don't, we're going to continue to get some of the same results that we're getting. For example, our turnover is four times higher than any other insurance companies out there. And our engagement survey numbers are worse than ever before. So based on that, I want to talk about first the strategy, how we might implement it, and then costs for that. You guys ready to get started? And then they probably would have been like, uh, uh, yeah, she gave me some hard numbers. She talked about the impact of this. And that took me 30 seconds. They wouldn't have interrupted me for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I should have said, but I did not. I do love, and I want to reinforce the fact that you um, showed some edge. I think really, it's really important. Like I feel like sometimes learning people are really nice, kind people for the most part. You got to have edge. Hey, we suck at this, folks. We we really do. And I think that um, those moments and those conversations where I've allowed myself to be transparent um, and hand, show some edge as a leader, I think is important. So long as what you're saying is you know, can be backed up and it's true. true. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if we, we better, if you're going to say we suck, we better really suck at it. Right. So, um, that's great. Hey, we are going to go ahead and follow your, um, strategy, the pair strategy here and kind of keep this as brief as possible. The book is called sharpening your point. Um, Lisa, could you do our audience a favor and, um, let them know how they can get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me by emailing me. It's a long one, folks. Here we go. Performance Architect, all one word, at Comcast.net. That's Performance Architect at Comcast.net. Or you can check out my website, www.performance-architect.com. Dot com. That's it. Give me a buzz. For sure. Hey, you want to go ahead and get more groovy things from Lisa. All the information that you need to get a holder will be in the show notes, folks. So if you didn't have a pen and paper, you write, write it down. Go check out the show notes. You'll have fabulous links there. Danielson. Yes, Scott. You do me a favor. Could you let our audience know how they can connect better with us? Absolutely. All right, party people. What I'd like you to do is email us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Email us any questions, join in on the discussion, ask us more about Pear. Just say hi. It'd be great. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. And lastly, for all of our Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds. Scott. 
Okay, folks, um, that's going to wrap it up. I want to thank our friend of the show, Lisa Wallace, for being with us today. Go check her out. She's got some really groovy stuff. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, share this episode out with your friends, let them know where you got all this amazing things, and be part of the community that we're trying to build. With that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Lisa. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out. We'll be right back.